0: Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan McCrone, and this is episode 93 of Sodom and I. All right, so in the last episode, we spoke about 12 ways we can be more consistent. And now this episode, we are talking about spiritual circumcision, right? Right talking about spiritual spiritual circumcision and you know God put it I, I felt like Holy Spirit put on my heart to speak about this so if this makes you uncomfortable in any way I'm not sorry because I do not apologize for the word of God. Excuse Brooklyn, who is chewing on his bone bone <laughs> very loudly. But I, the first scripture I want to start off with is Jeremiah 4, verse 4. And man, you guys already know I have my physical Bible, but because there are a lot of verses, I'm only going to read the first scripture from my physical Bible, and anything else that is not in this article, I will be reading from my um, the virtual Bible from the Holy Bible. So we're gonna go to Jeremiah 4 verse 4. Do 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 do. Cause I'm reading Jeremiah right now, and I read this, and I was like, Lord, this is exactly what I'm talking about. In KJV. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart, ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. So, sometimes as humans, we don't understand what we're doing can be rooted in evil or have evil outcomes because we might have good intentions but that doesn't take away the fact of where it's rooted or what it may cause right so spiritual circumcision let's get into it so i am going to be reading from this website called perfectingofthesaints.com the doctrine of spiritual circumcision so today uh God is really going to be teaching and everything, right? And I feel like I know, let me not even say I feel like, I know that these are some really 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 good points. So we're going to be in this is Colossians chapter 2 verse 11, in whom also ye also are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Right, man was created in God's image. Therefore, he is also a triune being. We spoke about that, a triune being, spirit, soul, and body. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. A simple analogy would be a football that has a leather cover, which is the body, a rubber bladder, which is the soul, and is filled with air, which is the spirit. The soul has an invisible bodily form inside the physical body. Consider Revelation chapter 6 verses 9 through 11, which I'm reading from the Bible. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled." right notice that after death the disembodied soul retains a definite shape that could be clothed with a robe the soul of the rich man in hell like luke chapter 16 verses 22 through 24 still has his senses sight sound touch and taste and i'm going to read that one luke chapter 16 22 to 24 and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom the rich man also died and was buried and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments lifted up his eyes being in torments and see if Abraham afar off in Lazarus in his bosom and he cried and said, "Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water there's touch uh-huh and he's asking him if he if he spoke, he's speaking to Father Abraham, which means that there's sound he saw Father Abraham and Lazarus. And the um, the beggar in Abraham in, in Abraham's bosom, and then he's asking that Lazarus touch that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, mm. for I am tormented in his in this flame. So taste tongue, right? We also learned that prior to the fall, Adam's total being was in union. With God, the light of the Holy Spirit passed through Adam's spirit, unimpeded, reaching into his soul and influencing his mind, will, and body. Before the fall, Adam was in harmony with his creator. His spirit, soul, and body were enlightened by the power of God. And now I'm going to do my best to explain the the picture that they have they have figures on here so figure 1 is adam there's yellow orange and red and now figure 1a and it's like three circles right and god is in the sky it's father which is orange son which is red and spirit which is yellow and then that yellow circle connects down To the yellow circle in Adam. And then in that order, spirit, soul, and body like we've been talking about. But the spirit of God is connected with the spirit that has Adam, right? And then soul is orange, father. And then body is red, son. Because Jesus, you know, the word made flesh. We know that. We spoke about that. (laughs) So it's God in the sky, Adam in the bottom. They're connected by the spirit, which is yellow. This is not to say that Adam was a robot controlled by God, but a spiritually minded being with free will to which all things are possible. There was only one limitation placed upon Adam, which is spoken in Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 through 17, which basically says, He must not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's all God said. That's the only limitation he had. Don't eat the fruit of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. As we shall see, when Adam and Eve exercised their God-given free will to disobey A critical, a crucial change occurred a split second after the creature chose to defy his creator, an inward fatality occurred. Adam and Eve's spiritual union with God was the first casualty of their disobedience. And the departure of the Holy Spirit from their spirit rendered them spiritually dead, separated from God. As a result of the fall... Adam and all his descendants were then dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians chapter two, verse one. That's us. We are Adam's descendants from that point forward, dead in trespasses and sins. This death not only affected the spirit of man, but also the soul and the body, the effect of the fall on the physical body. From this point on, Adam's physical body would gradually begin to deteriorate, age, and eventually die. Genesis chapter 3 verse 19. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And then effect on the soul. Without the light of the Holy Spirit to guide them due to the spiritual death, their fallen flesh, nature, becomes the uh, dominating life force. Prior to Adam's transgression, his soul was free from his flesh. And then it refers back to figure number one in 1A. When he sinned and died spiritually, his soul became joined to his flesh. So figure two now has a picture of um But that's yellow, yellow, orange, red. Figure two has green and then yellow. or That looks orange and then red. And now God, yellow, orange, red. And now sin, ah, it's green because spiritual death. Wow, I'm just getting that now. Thank you, Lord. So God is still yellow, orange, red in that order. But in figure two, there is a line now that cuts off there is no there's no uh connecting spirit with adam but now the 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 first circle is red which is flesh body and then the body and the soul are joined so the yellow and the red are like conjoined circles and then it's green behind that because the spirit is dead. And we just spoke about that, spiritual death. So the order of the circles have essentially switched. So instead of being spirit-led, we are fleshly-led. Before the fall, in the priority, in order was spirit, soul, and body. The spirit was the master. The soul was the steward, and the body, the servant. I hope I was able to explain that in a way you guys could visualize it. After the fall, the order was reversed. The body became the master, the soul remained the steward, and the spirit became the servant. Mm. This is the meaning of Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 3 dead in, tr- in trespasses and sins, and Romans. Chapter seven, verse five, for when we were in the flesh prior to salvation. So the summary of all this, right? By comparing figure one with figure two, we can see the threefold effect on Adam's uh, on Adam's sin: spirit, soul, and body. First, the Holy Spirit's departure from man's spirit—that was that 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 line, right? That resulted in the spiritual death spoken of in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Remember, Adam and Eve did not die a physical death the day they sinned. That occurred many years, many years after the fact. Nor did man's spirit cease to exist. It is dead in the sense that it is separated from God's Spirit. It is dead in the sense that it is separated from God's spirit. Secondly, Adam's soul was negatively affected by the Holy Spirit's departure and that it merged with his body of flesh. Thereby, I'm about to say therefore, ha, <laughs> thereby joining the soul to the body of fallen flesh, which has become the dominant life force. Mm. I don't want my flesh to be the dominant life force. Lord, I'm trying to be spirit led. And then, third, from that point on, Adam's physical body would begin to age and eventually die. For dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Genesis 3, verse 19. So now we spoke about that, right? Now we're going to talk about spirit, soul, and body upon salvation. This is the good part. This is where it gets juicy. It's been juicy, but this is the part where it gets good good for us, right? Salvation. When a person under the conviction of the Holy Spirit repents of their sin and by faith trusts in Jesus' substitutionary death, blood atonement, on their behalf, the word of God states that they are born again. John three, verse three, Jesus's explanation of the second birth to Nicodemus, which is uh, John three, verses three through eight, reveals that he was referring to a spiritual rebirth born of the spirit. Because Nicodemus asks, he's like, Lord, how can a man of old be born again? And Jesus is like, don't focus on what I'm saying. Focus on what I mean. He's referring to a spiritual rebirth. The reason that Jesus is called the last Adam, uh, 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 45. And let me read that. 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 45. Mm -mm. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. And the last man, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. And I'm going to read the next one. How be it was not first, which uh, is spiritual, but that which is natural and afterward that which is spiritual. Mm. The reason that Jesus is called the last Adam is that he came to undo the curse of the first Adam. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. When Adam sinned, he immediately experienced spiritual death, later followed by a physical death. Upon salvation, a reversal occurs. The spirit is first quickened, then the body at a future time, which is mentioned in Romans chapter 8, 23, and then Philippians chapter 3, verse 21. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. All right, I marked this off in my Bible and I want to read it in my Bible. I said I was going to read it, but you know, hey, God is good. <laughs> Romans chapter 8 verse 23. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The spirit is first quickened, then the body at a future time. And then Philippians chapter 3, verse 21 Who shall change our vile body? That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able to subdue all things unto himself. Mm, That is good. This is good. As we earlier learned, Adam's disobedience had a malignant effect on his entire being, spirit, soul, and body. The antidote to this inherited malady is found in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, my God. Thank you, Jesus. The obedience of the last Adam, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection redeemed mankind and restored the original order of spirit, soul, and body. Romans chapter 5, verse 19 for as one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The miracle of the second birth is described in Titus chapter 3, verse 5. According to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Regenerated, restored to a former state. That which was dead is brought back to life. God is so cool. God is just so great. He's so good. And you, hath he quickened, made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2, verse 1. And now, the operation of God, spiritual circumcision. The whole point of this entire thing, this whole episode, this whole article, this whole way of life, everything. And ye are complete in him. This is Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12. Colossians, Colossians, however you would like to pronounce it. I'm pretty sure it's Colosseans. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. As stated in the above verse, salvation also involves a supernatural operation whereby the believer is placed into the body of Christ through a spiritual baptism, right? First Corinthians 12 verse 13. This baptism involves a circumcision made without hands in a nanosecond in a nanosecond the holy spirit re-enters man's spirit renewing of the holy ghost titus three and five and literally cuts away man's soul from the body of flesh permanently taking up residence hallelujah spiritually sealing him After that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, Ephesians chapter one, verse 13, so that two, two spirits became one, but he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit, first Corinthians chapter six, verse 17. In the eyes of God, every born again believer has been crucified with Christ, Galatians chapter two, verse 20 thereby uniting them to his death, burial, and resurrection. At this point, the believer is complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Again, Colosseans chapter two, verse 10. And now here's figure three, right? It's a cross, cross in the sky, cross is orange. The cross is orange. And it's like a blue star that's in the middle, I guess representing the Holy Spirit. And that is literally, it's a sword. It's a sword cutting in between the flesh and the spirit of man, which is on the bottom. And now the spirit, actually the flesh and the soul, excuse me, now the spirit is yellow again. It's no longer green and it's back up front. Orange is the soul, the soul stayed in the same place, but Christ is cutting the flesh. He is cutting free the flesh. He's cutting free the soul from the flesh and they're no longer one. It's back in its original order. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving us, my God. The circumcision made without hands is a supernatural operation made by the holy spirit cutting free the redeemed soul from the body of the sins of the flesh which is figure three what i just explained thereby restoring the priority and order of spirit soul and body first thessalonians again chapter 5 verse 23 and creating a sanctuary within the believer separate from the corrupt body of flesh This is the only way, this is the only, this is the only way the Holy Spirit could indwell man without being joined to his sinful flesh. The new man, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1 verse 27, cannot be touched with sin, which explains the enigma of 1 John chapter 3 verse 9, whosoever is born of God, doth not commit sin. Under the Old Testament, God dwelt in a tabernacle made with hands, Exodus chapter 25. In the New Testament, he dwells in the tabernacle made without hands within the believer. This is why the word of God refers to a saved person as the temple of the Holy Ghost. What? What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? Would ye have of God, and ye are not your own first corinthians six nineteen Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you, First Corinthians chapter three, verse sixteen. that hits so hard. Know ye not, don't you know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells within you? My God, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1 and 27. As a result of this spiritual operation, every born again believer has two diametrically opposed forces within The Bible refers to them as the new man and the old man. Ephesians chapter four, verses 22 through 24. And I will read that actually. Mm, This ate so hard, 22 through 24. Let's read 20 through 24. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so... Be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to to the deceitful lust, his deceitful lust, the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The new man is led by the spirit and the old man by the flesh. Ah, that eight. And that's the end of the article before it starts um, talking about something else that is another article that I may or may not go over. But like, it's just amazing you know this put a this put Jesus in a whole nother perspective and maybe not whole nother but like I understand it in a better way a more informative way especially since I'm a visual learner and it has these pictures on here I saw the pictures I was like ooh, (laughs) and it was it's just awesome like just learning over and over and over and over and over and over again. The sacrifice that Jesus made. Jesus died for my sins. He was sinless. And he became sin for me. He died. Because he took on my sins. Like, God in the flesh died for me. Like, come on. How... how <laughs> how how there how, how other way what other way can god really tell us how much he loves us for real like his only begotten son like it's just mind blowing thinking about everything that god has done for me and not just for me but for everybody it's just beautiful like god really loves us He really does. (laughs) Like, he really does. And with that being said, I love you guys. I pray that you continue being blessed, that you guys, that we all are a blessing unto other people. And I love you. But as we heard today and every other day I speak on this podcast, God loves you so, so much more than I do. You guys have a wonderful night and God bless you.